Welcome to the Ethos Podcast, where we chat about Web3 and how it applies to consumer brands. My name is Matias Marquez, and I'm the CEO of Ethos, a company that's on a mission to elevate engagement for brands and their customers through the use of digital assets. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Matt Blumenfeld, the Web3 and digital assets lead at PwC. During our chat, we explore topics such as how brands can benefit from using digital assets, how trust is built within the blockchain space, the importance of making this technology simple, and more. I hope you enjoy. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Great. Thrilled to have you on. We, um, as we were mentioning before, we really appreciate it and, and like the article that you put out and uh, completely agree with, with, I would say, all of it. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. I- excited to have you on and um, yeah, just thinking we'll get right into it if that's okay on your end. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we had, we had a lot of fun writing that one and and debating a lot of what uh, what makes up a good loyalty program So and engagement. So uh, appreciate you guys reading it and sharing it and whatnot. Perfect. And your perspective, I think, is going to be really great because it, it is like tilted and grounded from the enterprise. So I have just so many questions for you. But before we get into all of that, um, how did you get into this space? I, I saw one of your articles that you'd written in 2018. Um, it seems like you've been involved in, in, a, in a meaningful way for, for a long time. So what was your journey into embracing this, call it Web3 technology? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I probably was... Uh, so I, I've been in the space since 2016. So uh, an OG but not a true OG, right? The uh, not going all the way back to the beginning, but I, uh, I, I you know, it, it was, I can't, I can't lie. It was the, uh, the upside that I saw in the asset class and, and sort of, as I started to learn more, it was really about what this could mean for industries in general. You know, everyone looks at finance and says, you know, finance is the, the beginning, but uh, even back then I was looking at it from how does it impact consumer? How does it impact you know, supply chain, how does it impact? And so I got into the technology, started learning more and more about the technology, found myself spending all this time at, on nights and weekends, like just staying up until two in the morning, researching and understanding it. And of course, this was the ICO, well, just before the ICO boom, but, you know, it, it, it brought in a lot of different economics and whatnot. Um, but was spending all this time on it and realized, why are we not doing anything at, at PwC? Uh, and so started to explore, uh, bringing this to our clients. And so that's, that's really how I got started in the space. Wow. So is it fair to say you kind of brought it to PwC or it was kind of a, you guys were looking at the same time? I wouldn't say I was the only one, uh, at PwC looking at it, but definitely found, uh, colleagues that, that were also interested in the space. I, I think we had been doing, you know, tax work and accounting work on it since the beginning, but, um, certainly, uh, helped grow the practice and, and really build what it is today. Uh, at the firm. Awesome. And, and when, you know, somebody thinks of PwC, it is, you do think enterprise, right? And um, mm-hmm. what would be kind of PwC's perspective back then? And, and, and how has that shifted? And what is it now as it relates yeah. to this this technology? For sure. And, uh, you know, the joke uh, that we always get at conferences is when we uh, we go and talk to people, like, for example, if I'm at, at you know, uh, in Austin at Consensus or Permissionless or any of the, the conferences, um, the, the question is always, wait, you work at PwC and do digital assets. I thought you were guys were accountants and, uh, and, and tax people. And, uh, so it, it's always, it's always fun trying to explain to people that, yeah, we do a lot more than just, uh, tax and accounting. For example, I'm on the advisory side of things. So I help people with their strategies and operations and building out this and, and, and helping them understand what this technology is and how it's going to disrupt people. But yeah, we, we focus a lot on the enterprise side. 
uh, it, it's funny back in 2017, I remember, you know, the, uh, the craze around enterprise blockchain and everyone was just adding the word blockchain to, mm-hmm. you know, their stock ticker and or business model or the number of people that came to us and said, look, we, we just need to get involved in blockchain. Can you help us build a solution with blockchain? And it was like, guys, that's not how this works. It, you know, you got to think about what the problem is and focus on the problem statement, figure out the value prop and then determine whether or not blockchain is the solution. So yeah, uh, our, our view on the space has certainly evolved just as it has for, for everyone uh, from you know enterprise blockchain being the only thing to looking at the underlying you know tokenomics, economics of, of the different tokens and whatnot, and really uh, exploding out the different ways that you can use blockchain technology um, and, and really tokenization and, and tokens and all of that, so. Great. And, and maybe just to back it up a little bit too, um, just to kind of make sense, because I, I feel like you're, you're coming from a really great kind of perspective and, and vantage point. Um, so there's blockchain, right? And then there's Web3 and then there's digital assets. So maybe we'll just hit one at a time here. So sure. what is blockchain? Why is blockchain important? Uh, and then I'll ask you the other questions. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're seeing this more and more now with the, the advent of L2s and, and whatnot, but blockchain is simply just a ledger, uh, right? A settlement layer, um, and a way of, of, of tracking, uh, tracking things. Um, you know, d- the digital asset itself or the token is, is sort of the way that you, uh, transfer value, um, between a, a person or, a, you know, one entity and another entity. Uh, and then web three is sort of e- even bigger in terms of, you know, there's, there's no real one definition for web three. Um, you know, the the enhancement of the Internet or the, the new version of the Internet is, is what a lot of people use. We've used it before, but it's really a culmination of all these different technologies coming together. So it's, it's more than just blockchain. In fact, when we when we talk about Web3, the way we talk about it is, you know, blockchain is the infrastructure of the settlement layer. You've got the L2, which is around scaling uh, on top of that settlement layer. The digital asset, again, is the economic layer of, of uh, you know, the the tech stack there. Um, and then uh, you have different experiential layers, which are your dApps, your um, marketplaces, even the metaverse, you know, as, as an experiential layer of, of Web3. Um, but they all come together and, you know, you have newer technologies, newer emerging technologies like AI, right? Everyone's talking about AI now um, being, you know, an augmentation uh, layer of, of or tool uh, of, of Web3 technology. So like, it's really just a a giant uh, ball of different uh, technologies that come together to, to build that Web3. And obviously, there's a couple tenants to Web3, uh, mm-hmm. one being decentralization, another being, you know, incentivization and, uh, and ownership. Uh, at least, you know, that's that's the way that we like to view it. Um, there's a lot more to it than just that. But uh, I think all three of those things really are important to the ethos of, of Web3. It's funny because I, I agree with what you're saying, and it's, it's just funny because you say there's a lot more to it, um, and there's it just the way you explain it. There's there's so much there already. Um, maybe just um, ways I've heard it too, and I want to get your, your your comments on it. Is really what the blockchain is just a ledger or call it a database that is shared, right? And I think that yeah. the benefits of that are that, and this is why we're so excited about it, is that mm-hmm. it creates all these new and exciting new and like new benefits and these new use cases that otherwise wouldn't exist because people can look at this shared da- uh, database or the shared ledger and they can see that it's the, the transaction or the, the thing that's sitting on there is real and they can prove it without having to go to somebody else. People can't hide the information that's on the blockchain, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So 
having a shared ledger in and itself, I think, is a, a a huge transformation to where things are going. And then, you know, Web3 kind of more broadly is the things that live on top of that and the applications that can be created, um, which I think if you put those two things together, um, it really feels like the, like there's a lot of exciting things ahead of us. Is that, is oh, it, would you agree? And yeah, curious to your thoughts. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so much ahead of us, right? We're, we're only just scratching the surface of, of what Web3 can be today and, and even what blockchain can do today. I mean, you've, you've heard a lot about the different use cases. You know, it started with supply chain back in the day and, and you know, you never really saw that fully come to fruition. Yeah, there are companies out there that are using it and they're big names, right? Whether they're, um, you know, in, in retail or they're tech giants. Um, but we're really just starting to see uh, some of these players actually bring those use cases to fruition. And um, I think, you know, the topics that we're talking most about right now with uh, enterprises, corporates, you know, uh, even banks, right? Um, one is tokenization. The other is, is Web3 loyalty, depending on which side of the aisle you're on. And it's, it's really all about, you know, the benefits that you can bring to someone um, from a, a corporate side, it's how do you engage people better, right, with Web3 loyalty and, and you know, it's a version of tokenization, right? You're tokenizing um, either either the loyalty point or the person's interest or, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to unpack that. And, and on the other side with tokenization, it's sort of, um, you know, broader tokenization, I should say. There's there's cash tokenization, there's asset token, like real world asset tokenization. You could talk about, you know, tokenization from a contract or information perspective, but like all of these things come together and uh, they build upon each other. And I think that's where people are really starting to see the, the benefits here. Um, but yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, you know, it's about transparency, it's about immutability. Um, these are all things that enable us to trust better. And I think that's, you know, we're, we're an accounting firm, our, it's in our motto, you know, trust, right? Like trust is is important. And I think we've we've lost some of that trust over time, whether it's going all the way back to 2008, the banking crisis, or, you know, more recently in the crypto world, you know, trust comes at a premium these days. And I think blockchain, when used effectively, can, can rebuild that trust. Um, but, you know, it takes companies really putting their minds to work and you know, having the right partners in, in the space to do so. Yeah, totally. It's funny. Um, maybe I'll just say one thing and then I'll, I'll tell you the thing that's funny. Yeah. Um, I think when the internet first came out and like the idea of the internet first kind of presented itself, the big revolutionary piece of it was, oh my God, these servers can talk to each other. And if someone can have a server and another server and they can, they can communicate with each other, that's going to create all these amazing use cases. And you fast forward that and it turned out to be the internet and the internet. I mean, no one needs to explain now how useful that is. Um, I think the fact that there's a public ledger or, you know, various public ledgers now that can be, can hold data and hold smart contracts, hold information. I think it opens up. It's, it's, I think, I think that's the analogy. I think it's very similar and we're yet to see all the amazing use cases, but some are starting to come to life, right? I mean, version one, use case one was mm -hmm. currencies and, um, mm -hmm. you know, like cryptocurrencies were the first application or first use case of the blockchain that, you know, people started hearing about. And then, you know, you had ICOs and you had the tokenization of securities. And then now more recently you've had NFTs and, in digital assets. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's an exciting time, uh, which we're seeing all come together. But the, the funny thing is, is when you talk about trust, because I think, you know, yes, blockchain can help 
provide trust. And you, and you talk about this in your article in, in 2018. Um, it's like <laughs> blockchain can solve the trust factor, but not, but first we have to trust the blockchain. Um, and, yeah. and with all the events that have happened, um, and, and there have been bad actors, um, although this can ultimately solve the trust issue, uh, we do need to trust it initially. And I think that's where we're getting stuck on. Um, is that kind of the way you see it as well? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a fair point. I think, you know, what's what's at the heart of the trust issue is it's always the human element to it, right? It's always there's that bad actor behind it that uses the technology in a, a, a harmful way. Um, you know, even even when you look at all the problems that you have in traditional banking, it really all starts and ends with either people getting greedy or people being a bad actor. Um, so I think the human element is, is part of the problem, but also you're right. You, you have to have that initial trust in the technology itself. And, you know, while blockchain can be explained very simply, not everyone explains it very simply, and it can be very complex, right? When you start getting into, to math, uh, you start to lose people and that's what cryptography really is, right? It's, 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 it's complex. It can be complex. And so, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of people out there that aren't willing to take the time to actually learn the technology. And so, um, yeah, I think I think, you know, trusting the technology is important as well. Yeah. And like, I, I think this is a big, big piece of it, right? Because we, we, we're on a mission for, and we want to see mass adoption come to life. And I, I, I mean, there's no way we're going to get to mass adoption without people trusting the technology, right? And um, very true. You know, the thing that we're focused on doing is providing real benefits and real utility to the digital assets we issue. And I, and I think that if someone receives a digital asset, doesn't even realize that it's linked to a blockchain and they mm -hmm. get benefits that they otherwise wouldn't get. I think that's yeah. one way of, of building really meaningful trust and, and, and bringing us closer to to adoption. But I'm curious to, to what you think, Matt. So what what's the missing link here to get to, to, to more trust in the, in the space? Yeah. And, and I just want to comment on what you were saying, because I, I totally agree, right? Like the meta of 2023 has really been account abstraction in simplifying this technology for folks. And it goes exactly to what you're saying, right? It's, it's, it, people don't want to have to think to do things that they do today, right? So they don't, they don't care if they're using web three, they don't care if they're using blockchain, they just want convenience and ease and simpler, simpler times. Right. And they want to, you know, reap the benefits of this technology, but they don't they don't care if, what technology they're using. So I really think that you you, you hit the nail on the head, right? It, you, making this simpler for people, making the UI better, the UX better is going to to start to create that adoption. And, you know, what use case is going to be the snowball effect here? Like what's going to really enable adoption to, to happen faster? Uh, I always give it, I always give a, a use case and then I learn, you know, a month later, oh, maybe I was wrong on that use case. So I don't know if there's one magical use case or one silver bullet, but I mean, if you just look at the news cycle, you can't put down your phone because there's a new news, ar a news article about somebody doing something in this space, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with the ETFs right now, where, you know, everyone's waiting for three days from now on, on, uh, August 13th as to whether or not the SEC will approve a spot ETF for Bitcoin, right? I, I'm not going to comment on whether or not I think that's happening or not. I, I have my views, but uh, but like that's one thing. And then you had PayPal recently this week announced that they're getting into the stablecoin game. Um, you, you have real companies, right, uh, that are getting involved in Web3. And I think that's what will take us to the next point, right? It's not onboarding users 
granted we had you know base launch i think yesterday uh public launch yesterday like i think i read somewhere that 30 million nfts and don't quote me on that number because I, I may be mistaken there but 30 million nfts were were minted in, in the first day um like those are things that we didn't my 30 million sounds high actually now that i'm saying it but um but but yeah, I mean, you, you have a lot of users coming into the space just because of things like that or Reddit or, uh, you know, public companies like like Starbucks and others getting involved in the space. So, um, you know, I, I think that's when adoption happens. I don't know if there's one yeah. use case, though. I do like to think it's it's, you know, Web3 loyalty, as, as you read in the article. But um, I think, you know, the point of all this is making it simpler for people, making it exciting for people, making it fun for people and that will ease some of the trust factor uh that that's been lacking but ultimately you have to be able to rely that your asset is your asset and somebody won't hack you or steal it from you or or whatnot i think i think you're you're bang on i think it's gonna take so many things which are many are on their way right i think i actually think an etf for uh cryptocurrencies is probably more impactful than most think because oh, yeah. this is an example of now you being able to buy an etf and being able to participate uh in that no different than you participate in like a, a technology etf or whatever mm -hmm. um and, and 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 that's just an example of like not having to do anything different right and, and the easier we make it for people to participate the more people are going to trust it the more the people are going to understand it and experience it and so just like i think etfs are, are helpful on the currency side um when it comes to digital assets and nfts i think you know starbucks is a good example i think nike is a great example um these are really great brands that people trust they're really great brands that are seeing this the right way which is like let's make it really really simple for the for the for the end customer um yeah so so maybe just to double click on that like how much easier does it have to get on on the consumer side around um engaging with digital assets and 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 and, and, and web3 items that drive loyalty for there to be to be mass adoption on that side um like like how much how much easier do you think it has to get from where it is today yeah i mean i, I guess it, it comes to the the it's an, it's an interesting question because how do you define mass adoption? I mean, I, I'd say we're 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 on our way. I mean, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people that won't adopt. I mean, you have that with technology today, right? Um, but as uh, you, you hit, you, you said this earlier, which I think was important as well, is when when people can use this technology without knowing they're using the technology. That's that's when mass mass adoption happens, right? When you can look back and say. Um, you know, I went to a sporting event and every ticket that was issued for that sporting event was an NFT and nobody knew that they had an NFT. And then on the back end of that, you send them something special for attending that game. That's where I think like, you know, you, you, you have mass adoption, but you didn't know you had mass adoption because you didn't know you had an NFT, right? Like, I think, I think that's where, where, where it's going to happen, but I, I'd say we're, we're doing fairly well with how nascent this technology is. Uh, again, on the NFT side specifically, right? We've, I don't know, you can argue that NFTs existed well before 2020 or 2018, maybe, um, you know, depending on which archaeological uh, <laughs> NFT follower you follow. Um, but, uh, but again, like they really became popular in 2020. Um, and so we're only three years into that, right? Like, yes, we, we probably peaked and uh, came back down. Uh, you know, if you read the news, NFTs are going through a hard time right now. Uh, 
but there's a lot of excitement still there and that doesn't get picked up in the media cycle. So I, I don't think that, uh, you know, again, it depends on how you define mass adoption, but I, I think we're doing fairly well. And I think there's a lot happening behind the scenes that, um, that is coming that, that you'll see over the next call it 12 months. Uh, and I think this is going to be a very different conversation 12 months from now. Um, some of that is from what I know. And some of that is from, uh, what, what I, uh, I can see happening based on some of the things that I think happen over the next 12 months. Yeah, no, super cool. And, you know, I think the problem NFTs have had has been that it's been about the NFTs, right? And, and yeah. your article around, uh, the, NFTs and digital assets driving customer engagement. It doesn't really talk about NFTs. It talks about five things that you can get as a result of using them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want, I want to talk to you about that as well, because I thought there was really good points in there, because I think that if there's a sentiment, if there's like a speculation aspect of it, um, it becomes a moot point if you, you, this is, can become a tool to help you find your next best customer or meet your customers where they are, um, and, and, and or getting them, at, you know, getting customers at a lower cost. I think it becomes a moot point. Like, hey, interesting that there's a sentiment about this stuff, but I'm using it to do X, Y, and Z, right? Um, yeah. So, 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 do you want to just talk about what, what the five points that that, that that you had mentioned in that article are and, and how they can drive? Um, customer engagement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the important thing is, you know, you got to put things in terms that people understand. And as much as it pains me to say that we've had to shift away from using the term NFT, because I still think that it's simple enough to understand, um, you know, what I found working with customers in this space, you know, and some some have bigger teams, so this isn't everyone. And, and uh, but um, when we've gone and talked to large Fortune 500 brands about this topic and have engaged on this topic, what you find is there's not enough people at that firm that really are driving the adoption. So you're talking to a team of call it one to three people that are responsible for building out this whole marketing plan. And, you know, it's like, it's impossible for me to stay up on all the news that's happening. So I can't imagine how it is for them where, you know, they have other jobs that they have to focus on as well. Um, so again, putting things in the terms that that they're already focused on and understanding, right? Um, the important one, you know, that I think we started with, if I can recall, was, um, you know, like you said, meeting customers where they are, right? The the main customer of a uh, enterprise or a, a Fortune 500 is is likely changing, right? As we turn over from the the baby boomers to this next generation of, of users, and you know, as the advent of digital technology continues and we spend, I, I, I don't know the statistics on it, but we spend a ton of time on our phones, right? You got to meet people where they are rather than focusing on what worked in the past. And so I think that was the uh, the first point we made. Yeah. Um, I think that the next one was, and this comes from like our traditional loyalty practice. And that's, I think the advantage that we bring is we, we have a traditional loyalty practice that works with the largest brands in the space. And so we combine that with our digital asset knowledge and, and really looked at this and people want personalized experiences, right? They, they, um, it, it's not, it's not enough anymore to, to go, uh, earn, earn, you know, uh, a, a point and, and go to that uh, brand and, and use it. People want something that everyone else can't have. And, you know, that's one of the, the things of, of NFTs that was so interesting is scarcity was valued over everything else at first. Um, so it's taking some of that and, and meeting the two together. Um, but personalized experience is, is certainly um, something that we're seeing uh, be important for for folks. 
Um, and then, you know, this is this is probably my favorite of them uh, around collaboration and sort of engaging the community and incentivizing them. Right. It's it's no longer about a company having to do all their marketing on their own. It's no longer about, um, you know, you having to do all the storytelling yourself. You can engage your customers and make them feel like they're part of the story, like they have a say in your brand and the direction of your brand. And I think that's important because the sooner you can turn your your customers, your 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 fans into, um, you know, almost marketers for you, um, right, by incentivizing them in one way or another, I think that's that's important because it helps you lower your cost and, and, and whatnot. But it also is more organic. It, it really drives things. And I think, you know, what I what I'll say is I think you often find there's a lot more creativity out there in the world than, than you would ever imagine if you just focused on trying to tell your story yourself. But it requires companies to give up control. Um, and so um, certainly not everyone's comfortable doing that yet. But I think those those brands that are that have gone there, uh, those that are willing to partner with people. Right. The Web3 community is very different than your traditional communities. And I think there's things that people can learn from both sides, right? The, the Web3 community teaching traditional fans and traditional fans teaching the Web3 community. And yes, it's not a an either or, right? It's a Venn diagram where there's a large chunk in the middle. But because, um, right, a Web3 community is just a community of people that uh, probably buy and, and sell things within those uh, from those brands uh, already. So it's just creating super fans, if you will. But um yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what's your take on it? What is uh, what's the most important thing when you guys go talk to enterprises? Yeah, I think I think using the word NFT and blockchain is not uh, the right strategy, right? It's just it, what it is, is. It's the things you talked about. It's hey, you know, Mister or Mrs. Brand Owner, um, mm -hmm. what if we could provide you something that is exciting to the next generation of your customers, right? And, and it's something that they'd want, and something that's more kind of digitally oriented um, and what if that allowed you to give them a more personalized experience individually right and if what if that allowed them to connect with other people and they could build more of a sense of community and, and talk about your brand um, and, and engage with your brand just kind of directly with the two of them communicating amongst themselves yeah. um, and what if what if we could do that in a way where you're providing benefits but those benefits aren't just monetary, like you can provide non-monetary benefits because you have great content, like your product being made, you have access to events, you have the ability to buy special versions of your product. Um, so what if we could do all those things for you? Um, you could really kind of engage with the next generation of customers in a very kind of like innovative and new way that that, that yeah. just gives you all these extra benefits. Um, th th that's what we see as working and, and, and it, it also feels right to us uh, because it has to be about the benefits and the outcome and, and, and what the brand achieves and it has to be, it has to like, it has nothing to do with the technology actually. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Imagine if uh, I tried to like offer you a, an iPhone and it was explaining to you that it was like what type of silicon it was made with and like how many like Hertz or whatever. It's like, okay, what can I do with this thing? Right. Yeah. Um, and, exactly. and why do I actually want to have it? Well, and that, and that's, that's the interesting thing here is like you're, you're enabling all these new business models, right? When you look at, you know, some of those that have been successful in this, in, in the NFT space and, and what they've done, it's, it's not just about the NFT, but they've exploded their digital sales, right? Um, and that's a new business or a new revenue model for a, a company, an enterprise. Um, you know, some have have seen it become 33 percent, 30 percent of their their 
actual sales are now digital sales, which is a huge increase year over year from what they've seen in the past. And like, you can't do that without engaging your customers in a new way, without providing them some new utility or some new excitement. Um, and so I think, you know, that's the, the other thing about it, you know, NFTs, I know we're using the word, but um, that's the other thing about this technology is like you're, you're enabling other, other uh, things to happen here. So um, I, I think that's also super interesting. Yeah. And there's like, you know, everyone will get with, will agree that there's a kind of shift towards more digital, right? Like people are, everybody's becoming more and more digital. We spend more and more time on digital devices and, you know, every statistic and every estimate and forecast points to a world where we're going to spend more time in digital environments and digital, you know, um, so there's a transition obviously happening. I think everyone agrees with that. And at the same time, like customers are moving around, right? So mm -hmm. you want to meet them where they want to be. And uh, you had an interesting uh, statistic in your article where you said, you know, you guys interviewed a bunch of executives and they said 61% of them said that their customers were more loyal today uh, than I think before the pandemic. And then customers that you interviewed said 20% of them said, agreed with that. So um, there's obviously a, a disconnect there. And, and what I think, you know, what we can hopefully do is help a lot of these brands kind of bridge that, right? To say, hey, yeah. you, know, you have your customers moving to a more digital kind of like experiences. Let's offer them really great things. And, and what gets me personally really excited is the benefits that, that brands can offer, they don't have to be monetary. L like the best benefits are yeah. not monetary, right? Like well, I mean, if you said, hey, Matias, you can have a five dollar you know gift card or ten percent off um or you can pick the you are the only person who can buy this colorway and you got to pay full price i'll take the latter right because it's yeah. like it's interesting it's unique to me um yeah i'm curious your your, your yeah, thoughts I mean, on that I, I can't tell you the number of quests i've completed for the various nft groups that i've i've been a part of over the years and uh you know what are what are the clothes that I wear the most now? Probably half of them are, are things that I've either. I mean, may, maybe it's just because they pick more comfortable clothing than I, I buy myself, and uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but um, you know, my it's it's funny, and I'll, I'll give a shout out to some of my team. Right, we um, they they sent me. A, I literally got it yesterday. A sweatshirt with uh, it's got some of our NFTs on the sweatshirt, and um, not only is it a really comfortable sweatshirt, but it's also you know symbolic that like represents each one of us it has one nft from each of us and it represents the team and like that's something special that you know you couldn't have done otherwise uh, i wouldn't have worn a sweatshirt that had our pictures on it but like you know each one of these means something to to each one of us and um but like the uh one of one of the benefits of of getting involved early in in a project was that i i got to forge a pair of sneakers um the, from a, a famous artist uh, halfway across the world. Like that's not something that I would have had the ability to do unless I was part of this community, uh, speaking to people in, within the community, understanding the project better, understanding the purpose of the project and why they were doing it and how they were doing it. I would have never known about this artist, right? And uh, you know, now I have several of their pieces via NFT and I'll eventually have a, a shoe when it ships. Um, but like, you know, that, that was a fun, a fun one. And to your point, it's, it's, yeah, there was a monetary value to the sneaker, but it's more than just that it's about, or like, you know, I have a, I have a pink hat that I, I did, I got from a scavenger hunt when I was in New York at NFT NYC. And, um, you know, not, not typically the type of person you would expect to be wearing a pink hat around, but like it's symbolic of the journey I went on and, you know, 
it, it has meaning to me. And, and, you know, that scavenger hunt was more fun than, you know, the, you know, I'm not gonna say the entire conference, but more fun than, 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 uh, a lot of things I did that weekend. So, um, and, and again, you have stories for a lifetime from that journey. And obviously that's where real life and NFT life, you know, sort of meet together. But, um, again, it's a personalized experience that, that, that you got to go on and, and that, that you got from the NFT more so than, you know, me making a trade of, you know, X for, for Y dollars, you know? So, um, you're absolutely right. There's more to it than that. And that's and, how you create and, loyalty within your customer. That's right. And, and you know, when you get to have this conversation with these brands, they get this stuff. They understand, like, they want to build communities for their, sure. for their customers. They want to provide them personalized experiences. They want to meet them where they are. I, I think where, and this is why we're so focused on making our platform so simple, I think where, where it falls off is when you're, you're, you're trying to provide those things, but the process to, 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 to accept or get those things becomes crypto and, and difficult for the end user. Um, so, and, and this is like maybe more of a provocative point, but I think that it, there needs to be a paradigm shift. Like making the process of getting a crypto wallet for, from 100 clicks to 80 um, sounds like a noble cause that some people are on. But I think that 80 is too much. I think 60 yeah. is too much. I think six is too, I think two, I, I don't, so my point is this, like, why do we even need crypto wallets? Why can't it just be email only? Why can't it be so simple that anyone can do it? And, and that's the, 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 the path we're taking. We're taking the yeah. path of this has to be so simple. You can store it in your Apple wallet. You can use your email only. And I know for some people it's a bit provocative because, um, and a lot of this, a lot of this Web three industry has been focused around building it for the, for people who understand the technology. But I think it has to be built the other way. I think it has to be built for yeah. people who don't understand this technology. I'm just curious to your thoughts on, you know, is it incremental improvements to the process of participating, or or do you think, um, or do you agree with me that there needs to be like a paradigm shift? I mean, I think you're seeing that paradigm shift now, where you know you're you're able to open a, a wallet, or a company's able to open a wallet for you just by you clicking a button, right? You giving them your email address and, and clicking a button. I think you're seeing that shift happen now because people have realized that nobody really wants that 12 seed phrase, 12 <laughs> word seed phrase, right? Um, you know, they want they want the technology to work uh, and they, they want the benefits of it, but they want it to be simpler. So I, I think you're seeing that happen now. And I commend a lot of the, the companies like yourselves out there that are that are making that happen. I know when we are having conversations with clients, and again, we spend a lot of time on the upfront education and helping them understand, you know, how this technology will help them disrupt or how it's going to disrupt their business and then helping them figure out a strategy around it. That's that's often one of the things that we talk about is how to simplify it, not only for themselves, but for their, their customers, right? Like, uh, you know, the regulation and the accounting and tax on all this is, is complicated enough. Let's make the uh, the experience simpler. So, um, and, and operations around it isn't, isn't always simple, but, um, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there's a, there's a shift happening now, um, in the industry. And I think that's, that's going to lead to so many good things, right? I mean, it's not just us. There's other companies out there that are trying to make this sim uh, easier and, and just simpler for customers because at the end of the day, like people are busy, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like it, great that you want to give me a personalized experience. Great that you want to give me these things, but I have like 10 seconds because like my kid's crying, right? Or, or yeah. whatever, right? So, um, but I, I do agree with you. I think that, that you know, it, we are moving every, the industry broadly is moving in that direction. That, that gives me a lot of opt op optimism for where things ultimately get to. Um, because it, 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 it wasn't like that a year ago. Um, yeah.
But yeah. hey, um, just because I don't want to take too much of your time, um, the w- one of the last questions I want to ask you is um, around mass adoption because we talked on it a little bit, and uh, you had said, and I agreed with you that a lot of things are going to need to happen for us to get to to, to to a place where more people are comfortable with this technology and more people are using it. Um, we like to ask this as kind of like an ending question. What, uh, from your perspective, what what are just maybe one or two or a few things that need to happen in the short term to get us closer to mass adoption? Yeah, it's, uh, if I knew the answer to that, I'd, I'd probably uh, own my own uh, Web3 company and uh, probably be uh, entering that, you know, billionaire, uh, you know, arena. But um, no, I mean, th- there's what's what's the first step to mass adoption? I think it's, you know, again, it's it's these traditional companies and whatnot getting involved in the space. And I think we're seeing that happen now. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of foundational elements to, to Web3. Um, it, it's really, again, I think, and again, this is probably not the answer that anybody was looking for. And I'm sure we're losing listeners as I'm saying this. But, um, you know, again, I always go back to what's the problem statement that you're trying to solve and, and what's the value proposition. Um, and so I think that's what people need to focus on. We see a lot of copycatting in, in the crypto space where somebody starts to make it big and then you see 10 copycats uh, pop up and they don't really have a purpose to what they're doing. Um, so I think that's important. Um, you know, again, we talked about account abstraction, simplicity, all, all of those things. I think that's that's a, certainly important, right? Because it's all about the user experience and how you engage them. Um, and again, you know, you talked about people not having time, right? So how do you incentivize somebody to spend their time with you? And I think it then goes back to the copycatting, right? Like you, you gotta you gotta have a, a clear value prop. Um, so uh, I don't know if I really answered your question, but um, hopefully some of that, uh, some of that, that gets us to mass adoption. Yeah, no, I, I think you answered it really well, actually. Um, you know, we need this industry needs to get to solving problems for real, right? It, it can't just be this novel. Hey, here's a cool looking image. Like we got to solve real problems if we want this technology to really take off, um, which, which I completely agree with, and um, I think that's the way it has to be, and. and Fortunately, I think that's the way people are looking at it now. So, um, at least most as of we us can, are. Yeah. You're, always, you're always going to have those those bad actors, but I'm hoping we've we've gotten most of them out of the space and uh, can move forward. It, and there's like plenty gotta, of good actors. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Look, like I'm 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 always amazed when like stealth news comes out and people have been building this whole time, and you just you know out of nowhere you see like oh raised eighty million dollars. Wow. It's like where, where, where did that come from? But, uh, no, there's, there's so many, so many p- innovative people in this space. And I think, uh, we spend so much time talking about the bad actors and not enough time talking about the innovation and the, the good actors. So, uh, totally agree with you. There's, there's so many good people out there. Perfect. Well, let's end it on that. I could talk to you forever about this stuff. I mean, we're on a whole, like, we're all about helping brands drive customer engagement with these digital assets. And you, you know, are in the enterprise, you're out there working with these brands. So thanks for taking time to, to chat with yeah. us, Matt. And um, yeah, excited to, to be connected with you and uh, happy that you came on. Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Matthias. Awesome. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed, please make sure to give us a rating and follow us on whatever platform you listen from. Thanks again for listening. Take care.